Hello and welcome to another episode of Voices in Innovation. I am your host, Johnny Baldisberger. Today we have kind of a special episode. We just released a report from Chris Grundeman related to his earlier key criteria of SD-WAN called the GigaOM Radar for SD-WAN. And as part of that, Chris had an interview with Mike Roebuck from Fierce Telecom, which they have an article on their website for, which uh, is linked in the show notes. But I wanted to give those who listen to the show a chance to hear that interview. Uh, So we're going to host it here as well. Enjoy! interesting report. Um, I, I wrote a bunch of questions and then I went back and just read it again. How many of these have you done so far? Um, so this is the first uh, GigaOM radar report that I've completed. Um, I've got three more sets of reports that are in the works right now. Okay. So the, the SD-WAN was the first one I took on. Um, the key criteria report itself was published earlier in the year. And then the radar obviously is just now about to come out. Um, and I'm currently working on um, one for n- network operating systems. So kind of the disaggregation um, side of that. Um, okay. Another one is looking at what I'm calling network observability, which is really kind of the next generation um, of, of network um, monitoring and performance, to performance um, network performance monitoring and management tools. Um, and then the third one, which I think is pretty relevant to this report actually, which I'm looking at um, network as a service, uh, which is includes both managed SD-WAN as well as a lot of the uh, like software-defined interconnect or software-defined cloud interconnection, you know, the, the, the megaports and the packet fabrics of the world, um, as well as uh, mixing in a little bit of the software-defined perimeter, kind of the always-on VPN folks, and just kind of taking a whole look at this kind of new overlay network as a service space, which I think is, is a nice follow-on to the, the SD-WAN report. Yeah, I would definitely be interested in that. Um, okay, so jumping into the SD-WAN side, um, you know, the, we don't, I realize I wrote too many questions, but I, I was curious how you decided which vendors to pick. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, um, you know, that, that I think that's the challenge of, of, of being an analyst or writing an analyst report anyway, is taking what is essentially fairly qualitative and, and subjective information and, and really finding a way to make it as, as quanti- you know, quantitative and defensible as possible. Um, luckily, I think, you know, we've come to a really good place with these radar reports, in, in my opinion. And so, you know, obviously we look at, you know, the market segment and the deployment um, model and, and kind of rank each um, vendor independently, uh, you know, in, in those areas. And then, and then the key criteria and the evaluation metrics. And, and so that gives a pretty good sense, right? And, and I think, you know, when you're trying to boil the ocean, it's really hard. But if you look at the individual pieces of like, okay, how does 128 technology do with routing and forwarding? And, and you look at, okay, how does Cisco do with WAN optimization? You, it, it becomes pretty clear and you can actually, you know, come to some pretty easy and, and correct answers, I think. And then once you've done it on the kind of micro level like that, zooming back out and looking at the macro of how they scored across, you know, multiple areas and comparing that with how they scored, you know, with, with how they scored other ones, you start to see kind of, you know, almost a stack ranking, um, which gives you a little bit of a kind of who's going to be close to the center versus who's not, you know? And the, the other piece is I actually, the first thing I do when I'm setting up the radar itself is really look at it as four quadrants. 
uh, even though it's drawn as circles, the first step I look at is the quadrants, which is, you know, is this a feature play or, or a platform play? Uh, meaning, is this the only thing they're doing? Or are they really doing, you know, kind of a, you know, a really broad portfolio of things around it? And then, you know, mature versus innovative and, and how, how mature is this specific product for them versus, you know, is it more on the innovative side and then which direction are they traveling? So I first put them in a quadrant, you know, is it mature, innovative, or sorry, mature, um, uh, mature and feature, or is it a you know, an innovative platform play and get them in the quadrant. And then based on the scores in the individual areas, move them around closer to the center or further away. Uh, and then of course the kind of size and direction of the arrows and exactly where they fall ends up being, you know, a little bit of, of gut judgment just based on all the research and talking to everyone and talking to customers and, and all the information. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, going through some of that, I, I think I, I, I was surprised at some of the things that I saw. I mean, just kind of skipping down a little bit, I, yeah. I, I was surprised that Juniper didn't do very well with cloud integration. Yeah, so I mean, many of these um, folks have really, you know, dedicated uh, cloud gateways of some sort. Um, mm -hmm. And to my knowledge, that's not really the case for Juniper. Um, they don't have, you know, like, like, in particular, right, VMware, I think, is one area that shines there. And that, that's a big part of their whole play is, is really building this into existing cloud infrastructures. And a few others have the same thing, right, where they've actually got their hardware, you know, in these cloud pops or at least adjacent and, and connected in. Um, and, and that wasn't something I found with Juniper. Yeah, and I think, as it said in your report, uh, for having been around for a while, it really doesn't, I mean, they, they keep saying they're doing a lot with SD-WAN. And I think recently they said they had incorporated MIST into it, too, but it doesn't seem like they're getting very far so far. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're definitely a great engineering company. And, and I think they probably have some, you know, I've, I've played with the tools or, or the, 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 the software and, and hardware and stuff for, for quite a while. Um, but as far as like maturing into something that's, you know, really getting deployed in the wild and that, that, that you know, is functional in the way that people want it to be. Um, yeah, it seems like they haven't quite hit their stride there yet. So taking all of your hard work boiled down to maybe what surprised you and who I, you do have, you mentioned the circle already and who the, the, some, we can talk about some of the vendors in that space, but was there anything in here that surprised you to learn about some of these companies? Um, well, and it's probably just based on my background, right? But, you know, I, I wasn't as familiar with, you know, Oracle being in the, in the networking space at all, right? So just, just mm -hmm. seeing them there and how well they, they're actually doing, you know, uh, where I had pretty low expectations, to be honest, just because I didn't know that they were playing in this space. So that ended up, you know, as a personal surprise to me. Um, I think that, you know, on, on the converse side, I think that, um, Again, I've, I've kind of been a Juniper fanboy for a long time. And so when I really had to get objective about this and look at how they're doing in SD-WAN um, and having them come up, you know, towards the back of the pack was, was a little bit surprising. Um, but mm -hmm. I think that, you know, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, and then, you know, one of the things, I don't know if it's quite a surprise or not, but definitely this, this space is, is fairly dynamic actively right now. And so, you know, in the course of when we first started doing the research for this, to, you know, now we're about to publish this, a number of things have changed in the interim. Uh, and so those are, I guess, we you know, we're surprises along the way as, as we see, you know, a press release would come out um, or, you know, some, some other thing would change in their, in their feature set and we kind of go back and talk to them again. And, and that actually kind of drug it out a little bit because we, we, you know, somebody would change something and then we want to go change that section to make sure it reflected the current reality and then come back. So for instance, you know, Ariaka has really kind of pivoted a little bit. They started out being really focused on, you know, big global companies that were really dealing with, with the, you know, the, the international challenges of putting, you know, locations in, in multiple countries and some challenging countries. 
um, but, but few sites. And they've changed and they've got a really good offering now around regional lands and doing some kind of hierarchical stuff. It's not, you know, and, and, and playing in a different space. So that was a pretty big shift. Uh, as well as uh, Cloudgenics, right, was one that I wasn't looking as, as much of a leader and but, but joining Palo Alto and being part of that portfolio and really looking at the security side of things and the edge side of things all together as a package, that makes them much more interesting to me uh, from an enterprise perspective. Uh, so, so those changes, I think, were surprises along the road as well. I was surprised about Cloudgenics too, but you make a good point. But that also has been, um, you know, Fortinet's strength, I guess, coming from the security side. It seems like, it seems like they're doing a lot now uh, with, with kind of expanding their SD-WAN capabilities. Absolutely, yeah. And I think, you know, the one thing that, you know, Fortinet and Forcepoint both share in common, which is that they essentially made SD-WAN a feature on their firewalls, which I think is brilliant. Um, if you've already got a big Fortinet deployment, the fact that you can just turn on SD-WAN and manage it through the same tools you're already using uh, is pretty phenomenal. And I think it's a big leg up uh, in those cases, right? If you've already got Fortinet deployed, um, and you want to do SD-WAN, it's kind of a no-brainer to just turn it on. Uh, you know, if, if you've got other firewalls in place, though, it may actually be a detriment because you may not want to rip and replace all the firewalls in your network to get to a Fortinet SD-WAN. So I think it's, it's a blessing and a curse, as, as so many things are. Okay. Um, so when we talk about Cisco, though, the Cisco SD-WAN is, is just the... Um... What is it? Is it Versa? No, Viptela. Just Viptela, Viptela that's right. right? Yeah, it's just Viptela. Yeah, we didn't include Meraki because um, I think it's just a little bit different of an offering, and we didn't, you know, want to have two um, two Cisco offerings in here. And I think the, the Meraki thing is unique enough that, that it didn't quite, even though it, it is technically SD WAN in a way. Um, I think the Viptela is more of the kind of pure SD WAN uh, and more mature uh, from an SD WAN perspective. So that's what we we, we looked at. The knock on, on Cisco, though, would be that you pretty much need to be kind of a Cisco, I don't know, a, a company that likes Cisco or uses Cisco a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit similar to the Fortinet story, right? Where if, 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 you, if you are a Cisco shop, quote unquote, and, and you want to do SD-WAN, then there's a clear path. Um, but I don't know that anyone would, you know, go deploy a bunch of ISRs just to get to Viptela at this point. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe, but, but I, don't, I don't know if that's really, you know, um, but it's, it, it doesn't seem to be the easiest path or the path of least resistance if you're starting from scratch. So what about VMware uh, integrating um, VeloCloud more across their portfolio? Is that, is that working for them or is that kind of a forced thing as well? I, I think it's working. I think it's a little bit early to tell for sure, at least from my perspective. I, I don't have a lot of folks that I've worked with on the, on the client side that, that have really taken huge advantage of that yet. I think, it's a, I think they have a great story and I think they have some really solid technology. Uh, and so I'm excited about their future as a whole. Uh, and I think uh, VeloCloud definitely um, you know, was a leader in this space before and, and definitely with the VMware acquisition has, has continued that path forward. And, and just really does check a lot of the boxes and, and really kind of covers the, you know, what you want from an SD-WAN provider. Uh, and then why people are moving to SD-WAN. I think, I think VMware really gets that and, and that kind of cloud access um, mm -hmm. approach really, really resonates. Okay, so, um, you know, this, as far as trends go, I, I'm, first off, what is, what is your take on the whole sassy thing? I, when that first came out last year, I'm like, oh, it's just kind of another marketing term. But now I see companies really, they, they really want to lay claim to being in that space now. Do you, do you buy into that? Or is it just something that companies were already doing that now has a different name to it? 
Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's the story of enterprise IT in some ways, right? I think that even SD-WAN, in a lot of cases, is something that people were doing before we started calling it SD-WAN. Mm -hmm. um, but, but, but giving it a name gave people a, a, a target and a place to, to shoot for. And, and I think SASE is similar. I, I definitely think, as you said, based on the response we've seen, Gartner seemed to have kicked the hornet's nest. Um, people are, are clamoring for it. And, uh, and it makes sense, right? I think that kind of holistic view of, of security and networking together and then how that interacts with what you need to do out at the edge of your network um, and out at the edge of your business, um, it does make sense. I think that we are in a little bit of a hype bubble around SASE and, and everyone you know, wants to call everything SASE at the moment. And so it's a little bit hard to kind of separate the wheat from the chaff. Uh, but I do think that the trend for SD-WAN and, and WAN in general has, has been towards security for a long time. So, mm -hmm. so I do think that's a continuation of, of an existing trend, uh, but I do think naming things has power. And I think it's been helpful to the industry to kind of have that target to shoot for. Do you think it's better to have like one company say that it can do the entire SD-WAN or SASE ecosystem, or is it better to have the best of breed smaller vendors that are, are, I guess, more adept in certain areas than trying to take on the whole thing. Yeah, it depends. I think it's a really complicated choice. Um, I think in some cases, so, so I, I typically, you know, when I was building networks and things myself was, was always more of a best in breed person. Um, because I think that, you know, in some cases, uh, when, when a company is pulling things together, it's almost never done organically. It's almost always done through acquisition. And when you bought a bunch of the players to kind of put together this full solution from, from one company, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're always all the best. It's that you wanted to round out that portfolio. And this is a company that was available at the price you, 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 you wanted to pay at the time you wanted to buy it, right? And so you get some business decisions instead of technical decisions wrapped up in that. And so in, in, in some cases, I think it's, it's you know, technically more correct to go for your own best of breed where you really fit the niche plays to your uh, situation uh, and you can get the best results. However, then you still run into this problem of businesses happening around you in that, you know, if, if you, if you pick a really small player who's doing something really interesting, there's a good chance they might get bought by some other company and that, you know, could be good or bad for your, your, your future prospects with using that technology. So on both sides of the coin, um, it's a little bit complicated where technology meets business. And, and it really has to be kind of a case by case decision on, on where your where your risk profile lies. When did you start working on this report or on the radar part of the report? Um, so it, it, it's been a little bit of a journey. Um, the actual format of the radar report and the key criteria it's, itself has both morphed a little bit over the last um, or since I've been working on these. So I actually first started my research, you know, as an analyst for GigaOM into SD WAN in October, um, and then. We ended up splitting the report so that because originally it was all kind of in one report and then we split it into, into two reports. One is the key criteria, which kind of gives you a nice overview of the technology and, and what's going on in the space. And then the radar, which really goes into the nuts and bolts of each individual uh, player in the space. Um, and so I don't know that there was a start or stop between the two. It's been kind of a continuous process uh, that took um, you know, quite a bit of time. As we were, like I said, as we were, one, we were updating things as things changed and two, we were changing the format of the report. Um, but I think it came out pretty well. So on the things changed front, so what, what do you think about, first off, what happens with uh, SD-WAN on, on the campus? And second off, is SD-WAN really viable for the home office? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I think that, um, so one, I, I think that, I mean, so it's interesting, right? I think um, 
time will tell as far as like how much remote work stays the norm in the, in the long term. Uh, for now, though, I do think that there is increased interest in, you know, treating folks' homes as a branch office more so than we have in the past, right? I mean, the, the Soho, right? So, you know, small office, home office has always been a little bit of a space uh, or a little bit of a niche in, in the networking space, but I think that's going to become more and more important. It's definitely an interesting change. Um, I've already seen, I think, um, BellaCloud for one or VMware uh, has put out kind of uh, a solution overview about SD-WAN for working at home. And I think it's going to open up some interesting new competitors as well. Um, there's a company called Nect, which is, is pretty new to me, but, but they're interesting. And it's basically like a, an LTE router that you stick onto your laptop and, and, and instead of hotspotting off of your phone, you can work anywhere. And I think we'll see some interesting solutions like that. And I do think that um, that's one of the reasons why kind of moving forward into the networking as a service um, report that I'm working on next, I wanted to include the software defined perimeter things, because I do think that this kind of idea of always on VPN is, is, is somewhat competing with, with SD-WAN, especially when you're talking about a much more distributed mm -hmm. workforce. Um, so, so I think we will see that continue to, to trend. I, I don't think the, the branch office or the campus is, is dead, um, but I do think we'll see some interesting um, new innovation around, you know, how do we economically provide really reliable internet service for our folks at home. What was that company's name again, Chris? Uh, Nect. Uh, that might be the product name, but I, it, but uh, Nect was the uh, the one I brought up. But I think is I think it's short for Connect. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. So it's N E C T. Yeah. Okay. It was just something that came across on a newsfeed. It looked interesting, but I think yeah, I think we'll see more and more stuff in that space. But that that does solve. Uh, you know, we talked about security. SD WAN for the home is is the service plus the security that we're seeing with SD WAN anyway. Exactly. Okay, so um, I'm just kind of cruising through these questions here. Yeah. Uh, so, what about consolidation? I mean, we finally had some some movement this year. Are you expecting Are you expecting more? And and is Versa or somebody else somebody that someone that you see as as next? Yeah, I mean, Versa definitely seems to have a target on their back, right? They're, they're kind of the only pure play um, SD-WAN vendor left out there that hasn't been snapped up. Um, and, uh, and, 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 they, and I think their technology is good. So I think, you know, they're definitely, uh, to me anyway, appear to be a target. Now, who that is, is the interesting question. Um, but, I, but I think that, I think they are a target. Then the other one that's kind of out there independent still is 128 technology. And we included them here because, you know, they are doing... SD-WAN things, but they're doing it in a really unique way, um, which may or may not make them, you know, more or less likely to be uh, acquired uh, because they do have a really distinct technology that may not fit into someone else's existing portfolio. Um, but we have seen some, some acquisitions like that in the past anyway. So yeah, I, I think we will continue to see that. Um, and then there's probably some players that, you know, aren't in this radar report that might get snapped up or consolidate together. Um, Cause again, there, there's, there's a ton of companies that are claiming to do SD-WAN right now, way more than we could keep in the, uh, in the report itself. Uh, and so I think, you know, it seems that, you know, some of those will, will, will fade away, but, but some will probably either combine in with each other or, or get acquired. I would, I would assume. Yeah. I like seeing one 28 technology in there because I, I didn't really know that much about them. So that was, that was really helpful to me. I mean, do you think what like methods doing around SD-WAN standards and certification is, is that helpful? When I talked to Ariaka and Cato and, I don't know. The one some outside of who is a member of the of MEF, 
most people don't seem to think that it really matters that much. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, right? Because I mean, SD-WAN is, is, is somewhat unique, at least in the topics I've, I've talked about a lot in, in networking, in that you know, it's not a technology, uh, it's not a protocol, uh, there's no real standard behind what we're doing. It's just a, it's a methodology, right? It's kind of a way of, of doing networking. And so in, in that regard, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I see some value in standardizing, but, but I don't know that, yeah, I, I don't know of anybody who's really checking in on that and saying, oh, you know what, if it's not following the math standard, I'm not going to look at it. Uh, I've not seen that yet in the enterprise space. Well, they, they claim that maybe enterprises would like to have something defined, but we've got to this point. I mean, one of the other things I was going to ask you about is, do you think we are beyond the do-it-yourself, or is that going to continue? Is it more managed services going forward? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, I think that's a really good question. And I do think that in general, right, enterprise IT as a whole is definitely on the, the, the swing out towards, you know, more and more outsourcing, we'll call it, right? And I think public cloud is definitely a big piece of that, which is essentially just outsourcing the operations of your data center. And I think we will see a lot more outsourcing of networking, which will be those managed SD-WANs or, or other types of, of network as a service. So I do think that's a major trend. I think there's always going to be at least a few companies um, that, that, that want to own it themselves for whatever reason, right? And maybe there's a specific security risk or you know, some other reason to have a sense of ownership over the network, or maybe you're just really, really big and it just makes more sense to run it yourself economically. Um, so, so I don't think that DIY is going away but I do think the trend is towards managed services and, and network as a service. So starting, I think at some point last year, we started seeing all these announcements about SD-WAN vendors with the cloud service providers. Is there any particular combination that you think is, is ahead of the others or makes more sense, especially now that uh, the pandemic has caused more workloads and applications to go to the cloud? Yeah, well, I mean, definitely one of the things on the forefront, I mean, there's a lot of Office 365 uh, users out there, it seems, because a lot of the SD-WAN vendors definitely tout when, when they have that, when they, when they hook up with Microsoft, um, which makes sense, right? I think, I think that's a, a, a pretty big trend you know, for, for most folks is to, to run uh, O365 versus you know, on-site stuff. And, uh, and I think in the enterprise space, Office still kind of has the edge there. And so that's one where, but, but again, most of these folks who do any kind of cloud partnerships have done that partnership. And so I, I didn't see, other than just, you know, folks who are, who are doing it better than others, you know, most people, once they dip their toe into the partnering thing, they kind of, you know, hit all the big bases pretty quickly. So I don't know if there's really a differentiator there other than just, you know, are you really doing that? And are you doing it, you know, in their network versus um, some kind of other type of connection? I don't remember who it was, but somebody was saying that they would be in that cloud provider's marketplace and that would give them more of an advantage, but I didn't look up who that was before we got on the call. Oh yeah, that's interesting. I had not seen that yet or, or don't remember well, seeing it. I'll see if I can find that because somebody definitely yeah. opened that up at some point. Yeah, it makes um, sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, if you're gonna do that. So um, what else, what, what are the other, you, you know, like near the end I had this, you know, segmentation and portals and things like that or table stakes. What else do enterprises or businesses of all sizes want out of SDN or where do you think it will be like a year from now? Yeah, that's interesting. So, I mean, one of the things we talk about in the key criteria is, is near-term game changers, right? Which is exactly that, you know, what's, what's coming next for the SD-WAN space. 
And I do think that there's a couple of big trends. I mean, one we've already identified, which is, you know, Gartner's calling sassy, but I think infusing security into these services or into these systems is going to be a big push uh, and, and be really interesting to most enterprise folks. And I also think that on the other side, the push into the branch is, is something that's definitely happening and is going to continue to happen, um, assuming we are, are working out of branch offices, um, but maybe even at home, right? And, and what I mean is, you know, the combination of that, that kind of universal CPE that's been on the periphery of people's conversations for a long time, but, you know, can I, can I turn my SD-WAN into SD-LAN as well? Can I, you know, which is also, you know, looking at Meraki is, is a good example of kind of where this, I think people are going to try and go, which is, you know, can I use a single dashboard to manage my WAN connections, but also look into what's going on inside the LAN at my branches or, or, or in an employee's, you know, office network at, ho at home and make sure that things are, are secure and that the Wi-Fi is working and, and be able to troubleshoot those problems from afar and, and all of that kind of stuff. So I, I think that that's, you know, that branch plus kind of model, um, mm -hmm. It is something that is still going to be becoming, um, and I think those are kind of the two biggest things, to be honest. Okay, so do you see that though? From I mean, do you see that from like AT and T or Comcast, or do you see that more from Ariaka or somebody that or Silverpeak that's not connected to a service provider? Yeah, that's a good question. I think. In this report in particular, right, we were looking at, you know, the, the vendors being the ones who are building the technology. And so somebody like AT&T would be a consumer, just like any other enterprise uh, who was buying this. And that's the way we kind of looked at it. Mm -hmm. um, but as I'm digging into the network as a service side, I'm finding that, you know, the, I don't want to say this wrong. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of this is, is fairly new for carriers. I mean, they've been trying to do these kind of services for a while. Um, I mean, I was you know, when I was still building or helping, you know, build out TW Telecom, we were talking about doing some of these things um, and creating a portal for customers to be able to kind of, you know, do stuff on demand and things. But it's, it's just taken a long time to kind of figure that out for them. Um, so so I, I guess the shorter answer is my guess would be that this will be from more of the smaller players like, like the Ariakas um, and folks like that. However, I do think that, you know, with Nokia adding in some of that, that kind of functionality into their products, we'll see that show up in carriers. And I think others will do the same thing. So I'm not quite sure, right? I, I don't know that how much, I think there's a trust issue there as far as who that provider is and, and whether or not I want to go through their portal to do all of my security things um, or whether, the, and that might be a case for DIY for some folks, right? Where I, I'd actually want to build this myself. And, and be in control of it myself and just know that that's, that's secure. So I think there'll be probably a split there. Um, but I do think that's, that's what a lot of people are gonna want is, is having that kind of universal dashboard, wherever it might be, whether it's on AT&T's portal or, or in one I built myself. Okay, uh, let me just look through here. Um, no, you know, I, I kind of asked you about, so I have a question about silver Peak being a good fit with Aruba. I guess I always wonder when somebody buys something, you know, how much value that, that they're really getting out of it. Do you, do you see that as, as, I mean, Silver Peak was going to go somewhere, it seemed like. So this, this should work out for HPE then? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that, uh, yeah, the, the Aruba kind of brand, I think HPE is doing a pretty good job with that. And I think, you know, Silver Peak, I would put them up against, you know, Cisco VMware, any day of the week, I think they make it, they they had a really solid or do have a really solid SD WAN product, um, and so I think I think it'll be good for for both. I think it, it'll probably get Silver Peak into some more accounts that they wouldn't have seen without the you know HPE connection, 
um, and, it, and it rounds out what Aruba is doing on networking into the WAN really well. Okay. Well, Chris, you know, since, since you spent since October on this, um, what did I not think to ask you about that, uh, that you would like to mention from the report in particular? Um, I can't think of anything in particular. I did, you know, I, I, I do want to kind of maybe cover those, those near-term game changers a little bit deeper. I think that, you know, I think the SD land and the branch locations is definitely a big one. And, but rather than gloss over and just say, Hey, security is where it is. I really do think that, um, it's specifically like zero trust network access is, is a really important thing. That's going to show more and more in these types of solutions. And I think that's going to combine with, um, mobile client support. I think that we'll see more of these kind of SD-WAN technologies incorporate some kind of, you know, agent or, or mobile client or something so that I can, you know, essentially VPN in to that same SD-WAN. And I think that's going to especially, I think that was a trend that I saw, you know, even, even last year and early this year, but now, especially um, in, the, in the current environment, I think we'll see that that happen even more, more, more rapidly, I guess. Yeah. Zero trust is another one of those things that I kept hearing about, but didn't really seem like, you know, everybody is cloud native or zero trust or whatever term you want to use. Yeah. But I think you're right about as far as the pandemic, you know, the security perimeter has left the office and it's worked from anywhere now. So that changes pretty much everything. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it really has to be at the user level and the application level, um, which I think is essentially what zero trust was, was trying to talk about all along. Uh, application level, uh, that includes device level then? Um, yeah, well, I think, I mean, yes and no. I think it's, but I think it's more, I, I was thinking of the application on, on the server side or on the cloud oh, side okay. and end user being on my side, right? So, um, but I think, you know, potentially, I think we are using our phones as security devices to some degree, but I think more than anything, it's, it's the user, right? So if I'm logged into my, my laptop or my home computer or whatever, I want to be able to have certain access that if I log out and my son logs in, um, that he doesn't necessarily have access to, you know, HR files and, you know, I hope you enjoyed that interview. And as I mentioned before, the article that Mike Roebuck wrote uh, based on that interview can be found at Fierce Telecom, which is linked in the show notes. And if you want to read the report, GigaOM Radar for SD1, that is also linked in the show notes. But you can go to gigaohm.com, purchase that report or the related report, the key criteria for evaluating SD-1. You can buy the single report or subscribe to the full library of knowledge. For all your future forward advice on IT and the tech industry, gigaohm.com is the place to be. For GigaOhm, I'm Johnny Baldisberger, and this has been Voices in Innovation.